0: been kind of biting our tongues, which is very uncomfortable for us. And tonight, it is just time to get a few things off of our chest. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Sprovac. Steve, you and I look at, my gosh, dozens and dozens of headlines and articles every day uh, because we want to make sure that we're up to the latest information because we're talking about all these things on this radio show. And especially in the past few months, um, I know I have, I'm sure you have too, started to notice some headlines that are really starting to burn me because they are at legitimate sources of information, right, that you would turn to of, oh, hey, CNBC, oh, hey, Barron's, Kiplinger's, you name it, uh, a good source of information about money, and yet these headlines make my blood boil.
1: Every year, every year at the end of the year, you get this. In the old days, it was Money Magazine, Money Magazine would come out with, hey, these were the best investments of the previous year, of, of the year mm-hmm. ending. And I would get calls from people left and right saying, hey, how come you didn't have me in this? How come you didn't have me in that one? It was in Money Magazine. What's your problem? Yeah, it, exactly. Crystal ball? I don't think so. Yeah, You know? Yeah. And almost invariably, those best investments last year were some of the worst next year and that's sure. just that's the way it works i mean it's you know i love baseball so it's kind of like that 250 hitter that shortstop that all of a sudden he's on fire he's hitting 400 and we're going in august and wow maybe he really is a 400 hitter no no it reverts to the main it comes back to the averages and it's the yeah. same in investing but it doesn't stop these headlines and like you said from from very reputable sources maybe not so much
0: Yes. So you mentioned a crystal ball. And I think if you come across these headlines, it might seem a little more clearly for what they are now. Because some of them we would put under this kind of category phrase, gee, we didn't realize crystal balls actually existed. Yet apparently someone out there who's writing these articles, who's producing these things, has a crystal ball. Here's some of the headlines that kind of fall under that. Three retirement stocks to buy if the market crashes. Yeah. Right? So the market crashes... Someone's going to know exactly what's going to do well. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, Hedge funds, 25 top blue chip stocks to buy right now. There are all kinds of predictors. And Steve, I remember a few years ago um, on the show, we kind of looked at some of these headlines and then we went back and looked six months later. Yeah. Nobody does follow-up articles on how these predictions actually fared. Oh, you
1: didn't read that one? Uh, yeah. Why, why our yeah, best maybe picks this gets, weren't so good? Maybe this so gets good. buried
0: somewhere that's never published. But yeah. we truly went back and looked, and there was not a prediction that was made in any article at the end of the year talking about top picks for next year, or you have to buy this, or this is the hottest thing for 2022. None of those things, when you look back six months later, really ever turn out to be right
1: yeah you know let's let's be serious though i i mean if these people writing these articles knew really what was going to happen and what the hottest areas would be why are they writing for money magazine why are they writing for usa today
0: they'd be on their private island i wouldn't be here not ever not ever making a deadline ever again so uh,
1: i'd come in for the 10 minutes it would take me to write up the ticket that would make me gazillions of dollars and go back to my island in the caribbean (laughs) <laughs> you know it, it it doesn't happen but it doesn't stop them from doing it and here's why their whole purpose is to sell papers to sell Clicks, whatever they're selling, sure. that's what they're trying Online to do. Traffic. So, you know, I'm reading one, and and one is from Kiplinger, who I respect. Kiplinger is a really good newsletter for, especially things like, you know, stuff going on with tax legislation, what's coming out of Washington. It's it's not a bad newsletter for giving you ideas of trends and and what may be happening, especially with regulation. Yet they come out and they quote a hedge fund called Eureka Hedge that, by the way, is up 8.5% year-to-date, according to Kiplinger, when the Standard & Poor's is up 23%. So why am I listening to anybody who's that bad, who's supposed to be so much better than the market? But they they come out saying that their, their top pick is Microsoft. Okay, great. You know, Are you going to take their advice on that when their track record for their clients is so poor? And I've got a big problem with anybody listening to... Here is the stock to buy. Here are the three best stocks. Because now you're putting those people into an undiversified mix of investments. It's it's almost like, you know, the guy that says, hey, I, I figured it out at the craps table. I've got a system. Just give me your money and I'll I'll go ahead and make you tons. You know, it, it's you're not diversified. You're not thinking it through. Uh, especially with the stock market, when you start concentrating your money into one or two or three individual stocks, all you need is one or two of them to go bad, and, and you you could be hurt real bad. That's, that's not investing. That's rolling dice, and that's the problem I've got with these types of articles, Amy.
0: You're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC. As we are calling out the articles, the headlines that drive us crazy. In order to make sure that you are making smart decisions and protecting yourself against making investment decisions based on these. And I think one of the worst is the sky is falling. Let's just freak everyone out headlines because they know when they write this, they know that you're going to click on it, right? I've got to know what's going to happen when they're saying, and here's one of them, the next recession. Here's when the. Everything bubble will burst. Oh, so they know when the next recession is coming, it must be coming soon. We must be in a bubble and I must head for the hills, right? Well,
1: it got you looking at it and that was the whole goal, right? I, I mean, that's, exactly. That's, that's why they have stories like this, because it makes you look. You know? Yes. Hey, it's, I I love a quote from uh, there's a, a physicist that that was just genius named Niels Bohr. And, and he, he said, prediction is difficult, especially when it's about the future. Come on now. Here's some truth for you. I mean, if you've got a broken clock, you know, the old adage is, well, it's still right twice a day. If you keep saying the market's going to drop long enough, you will be right someday because if you look at any chart, it does, uh, surprise, surprise, occasionally go down. That's the price of admission the market over time will make money over time that's that's the key part of the phrase so yeah if it's up ahead of itself and you know we are setting records but you know what amy we were setting records in 1981 when the dow was at 960 closing in on 1000 i was there and people were in a panic it's going to drop the bubble's going to burst yeah it did drop at some point then it went up and where are we at now 35 36000 you know it's it's over time it makes you money but it, it doesn't get there in a straight line, and you just have to acknowledge that. So, yeah, is it going to drop? Sure. Um, how much of a drop? Well, a normal correction is, you know, 15%, 16%. Three, four months later, you forgot all about it. Recession, different deal. If there's a recession coming, let's pay attention. But if there's a correction, I I don't get worried about it.
0: Well, I think there's a huge difference between being a realist and being a fatalist, right? And, and yeah. so many of these headlines are just scary. And and we know that time and time again, investors make decisions, knee-jerk reactions that hurt them based on two emotions. Yeah, Greed is one of them, but fear is the fear second is one. Fear is a and much stronger
1: one. Oh, play yeah.
0: exactly into that. And I think that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, over the past year, we've started to have our chief investment um, officer on um, our, um, Andy Stout every Monday, right? Sure. And he is someone who looks at all the data he's incredibly level-headed and i always kind of joke but i mean it if andy's scared then i'll be scared
1: yeah yeah he's not scared i've never seen him scared i, I yes. mean he, he, he watches this he's a numbers guy he watches this stuff like a hawk like everybody in his position does but you know what he's very realistic about what's what's past history taught us what generally can you expect uh okay and and we always come back to enter any situation with your investments for the long haul and within your risk tolerance. I mean, that's basic investment advice. And any any advisor who says you should go all in on stocks and then pull all out, um, just walk out the door. I, I mean, that's yep. not investing. And, and I don't think most people want to do that. But you know what? The person who says stay the course, be within your risk tolerance, they're not going to be the ones interviewed on CNBC. They're not the ones that you're going to see headlines about. Um, you're just going to see the sky is falling guy or, hey, happy days are here again. Everything's unicorn, uh, unicorns and rain rainbows you, yeah. you know those are it's the extremes that get the attention that get the headlines but the real world is not all about extremes don't don't panic don't don't buy into the fear um read the article if you want i suppose but come on it, it's it's it, you should not don't go make a decision worried about uh, yes. stuff like that yeah exactly
0: there's another headline that really makes me want to pull my hair out. And this is where it talks about long-term investing, but it equates it to gambling. Yeah. And here, here's one of them. Odds of being a stock market winner in 2022 are in your favor for this one big reason. <laughs> okay. Uh, major yeah. issues with that, right? Because we know that the best way to build wealth long-term, right, is to have a, a strategy for you that that often includes being invested in the American economy. Yeah. Now, there are lots of ways that you can gamble, and we've certainly seen that with things like cryptocurrency. You know, that, yeah. that to me is more of a gamble uh, with money that you have on the sidelines that you can lose. But hey, if you're looking for money that you're going to save that needs to grow for retirement, well, we don't think the stock market, based on its history, is considered a gamble.
1: Well, and, and a lot of people have said that. I, I mean, I, I've heard people say, hey, the only difference between the market and a casino is you get a free drink at the casino. You know, well, <laughs> if, you're, if you're jumping in and out, yeah, you are gambling. You can gamble on the Standard & Poor's Index by jumping in and out or leveraging sure. it, borrowing money to buy into it. Um, that's not investing, even though it's a good Long-term investment, if you buy and hold, you're going to come out ahead. I, I, I mean, uh, generally, I, I I was talking to a person I've dealt with for almost 30 years, and, and um, his – I'm trying to remember the dollar amount, but his dad – Gave him, I think it was ten thousand dollars in uh, one of the the first mutual funds in existence, and we're talking about going back to the mid '60s. And he didn't touch it for forty years. It's it, and since then he's financed daughters' weddings, bought you know houses and, and whatnot with it. It's it's worth like a half a million dollars. Yeah, you wow. know, j- just by leaving the investment go for thirty or forty years and forgetting you own it. That's investing. Day, day trading, jumping in and out, that's speculating, and I think that's, that's what a lot of people think the market is all about, and it's not. But it gets headlines, so you're going to see well,
0: it. And to your point about that example, right, if this was someone who had gotten scared based on headlines, and you think about how many headlines, scary headlines, yeah. since the 1960s have been out there about the stock market, but if you can just let it ride – as this guy did, then it becomes, in most cases, a success story. Yeah. There's another kind of headline uh, that makes us scratch our ads. This is kind of the oh, I guess we weren't invited to that meeting, but maybe everyone else was there. Uh, and here's one of those: you should have cryptocurrency in your portfolio, no matter your age. Advisors say.
1: Mm, so I'm what gonna. I'm, your gonna, business I'm card gonna throw say? the BS towel on that one. Exactly. No. Well invited no. to
0: that meeting? Huh? Well,
1: I, I, read the, I read the article, and, and this is a, a very young advisor that specializes in very young clients. I, I, I mean, um, no, if you're 80 years old, should you be buying crypto? Here's the biggest issue I've got with crypto it's unregulated. You can buy yes. $100 worth of Bitcoin for a dollar, the rest of it is borrowed money. What happens when it goes south? You have to pay that money back. Uh, and that's what caused the 29 crash. You know, so anything that is that unregulated, I don't want any part of that is gambling. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Here's a Simply Money point. You should never base your entire financial or investment strategy on what a headline or an article tells you to do your strategy needs to be much more personalized. If you can't listen to Simply Money every night, subscribe to our weekly podcast. It's the best of Simply Money on the iHeart app or wherever you find your podcasts. So how would you feel if your coworkers were the ones who decided your pay? And if you get a race just ahead in three minutes, wait until you hear about this crazy system that one tech company actually has in place. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Mimi Wagner, along with Steve Sprovak. Thinking of lending money to a friend or a family member ahead at 643, well, some things we want to make sure you consider before you make that move. So how would you feel, right, if your coworkers, your colleagues were the ones who decided your pay no. and whether or not you <laughs> deserve a raise? <laughs> hmm, thanks, but no thanks, I think is pretty oh, much the consensus man, there here, there would be Steve. blood.
1: There would be blood. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, so...
0: This is a tech firm called Expensify, and this is what they do. Each employee shown a pair of workers side by side with their names and information about their accomplishments during the last six months, and then they are asked, which one? Do you think should be paid more?
1: I I, I can't get over this. <laughs> oh. I I can't get over that. It seems to be working at least for the time being. I mean, there's 140 workers. Okay, this is not you know two people saying yeah you should get a raise. This is 140 workers, and and what they're given is not some you know hypothetical names deleted and all that kind of stuff. They literally have two coworkers come up on their uh, computer screen with names and accomplishments everything that they're they're doing for the company and it's up to you as one of the participants one of the employees to vote on which one of them gets gets a raise you know the names are there so you know everybody knows what's going on and they're doing this every 6 months i i i can't get over that you know there hasn't been just a major meltdown in in uh, the employee ranks over this
0: Well, it's crazy. It's First of all, it takes about 10 hours each time they do this. And it wouldn't be just that, like, just Steve and Amy, right? Steve and Amy both co-host the show, so we're going to put them up against each other. It would be Steve against the CEO, right? Amy against the CFO. Every possible pairing in the company you somehow vote on. Yeah. Uh, I cannot imagine. How do you,
1: if you don't get a raise and you know it's your coworkers, how do you not go into work the next day with a bad attitude? Yeah, you know, come on now. This or we'll be
0: like, come on, tell me. Like, this like, did cannot you for, end did you well. For someone
1: else, yeah, mm. may, maybe they're that that far ahead of the game, and everybody's getting paid tons of money. But I, I, I don't know. I don't see that translating to any other company. I'm sorry. It just, I can't say it I'm throwing working.
0: a flag on this one as like not going to work in most cases out there. I don't know if you, you own a business and you want to try it. That's fine. Let us know. Just make sure that you understand we're not necessarily advocating for this. We're just telling you that some crazy company out there is doing this. You know, the best personal advice, of course, is tailored to your individual situation. We say that all the time on the show. And there's a lot of kind of rules of thumb that we think are actually rules of dumb, right? Like it just doesn't apply to everyone. But there are a few general rules that we think can cut through the confusion that often surround your money decisions and kind of help you build a solid financial foundation. And tonight we just want to highlight some of those. And in this first one is a no-brainer, you have to prioritize saving for retirement
1: well you know the neat thing is this is from market watch and and you know we just talked about some of the bad things coming out of some of these sources like market watch here's some good stuff I mean this is really really yeah. good advice yeah prioritize save for retirement um, one of the first things I did with my two boys and and they're in their mid-30s so this is going back uh, a little bit but I've done this with numerous people that I work with when they say hey my kid just started a new job can you talk to him and my kid just came out of college would you talk to him Absolutely, because one of the first things I say, Amy, is, hey, um, I know you got a lot of stuff going on. You don't want to think about the future and retirement that's like 40 years down the road. Put 10% of your money into your 401K. And the <laughs> ones that listen, and my boys happen to be two of them, the ones that listen, they are so far ahead of the game because the money's gone. They they never see it. It's in their 401K. They forget about it. Now, hopefully they've invested it properly within the 401K. And when they look back, when they're you know even 30, 35 – it's amazing how much that grows. Huge, huge advice.
0: The earliest you can start, the better, right? And I, and yeah. I, and full disclosure here, we don't do the show because we've made perfect decisions in our background. I look One at of so us many might
1: ex- say that, but go ahead.
0: <laughs> you've, ne- you've never made a, a, a bad I was choice talking about when, me. when it comes am, to money. I am Mr. Bad Choice
1: <laughs> when I was young. But we recovered. I,
0: but I look back to so many of these scenarios that we talk about, right? If you can start saving this, you know, 10% when you were in your 20s, how much you'll have? And I want to go back and like punch my 25 year old self in the face like, Amy, <laughs> what were you doing? Yeah. You know, and I, I just kept making excuses and I've got this to pay for and I want to pay for this and I've got a carpet and I wasn't making much money. But if I had truly prioritized this, there were definitely things that I could have not done. Yeah. Um, and I would have been in a far better situation. So wherever you are, whatever age, whatever stage, if you can't truly say that you are prioritizing saving for retirement, start now. And then the second thing, and this is the, the foundation for it all, Save for the rainy day. Yep. The I know you're all fund. over
1: this. Yep. You, you've been talking about this for years and it's something yes. a lot of people, they, you know, well, I, how can I do that when I got credit card debt? Well, that's coming up. That's our next one. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah. put money away for a rainy day. That way you've got money to fall back on if you need brakes on your car or whatever it is. That's the definition of an emergency. And, and if you don't, you wind up getting yourself in debt trouble. So, uh, so yeah, please, please build that emergency fund.
0: Understand that a credit card is a convenience. It is a tool for building credit. Be the credit card company's worst customer. You pay your bills on time. You pay them in full every month. Then they become this great tool that you have. But not that you're a slave to, and I've seen far too many people fall into that trap. Let's talk about buying your home, because this is a big thing, as well as how you can make smart decisions when it comes to buying a home.
1: Yeah, well, don't do what I did, which, uh, you know, marry, have a kid, and, uh, oh, yeah, I need a down payment. Hey, Dad, can you take out a loan, because I know you don't have any money, and just send send me the payment book. But that's how I got into it, you know? So, yeah, starting behind the eight ball, not a good idea. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, let, let's go ahead and save up for at least 10% down and ideally 20% down on your first house. It's, it's tough to do. But, man, if you can get away from that P&I insurance and paying extra, um, yeah, save up for that down payment.
0: Ed Fink, one of our founders, has always said the concept of a starter home just makes his blood boil because there's nothing wrong with staying in the same home that you bought when you first got married for the rest of your life. Financially, so many people would be in a better situation if you could. Here's the Simply Money point. The best financial plans are tailored to your unique needs. Following these basic rules are a great way to start in the right direction toward building wealth and a solid money foundation. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Scroveck. All right, we are in the final stretch, holiday shopping. And if there are just some people on your list that you cannot figure out, if they happen to be maybe a techie, like tech gifts, well, our tech expert Dave Hatter is joining us tonight from Intrust IT. Dave, you are full of ideas. And really, they kind of run the gamut price-wise and from protect protection to kind of fun stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, these are all over the map. You know, Joe tells me I'm full of something. I'm glad it's ideas today. So that's a win.
0: (laughs) You are. You're full of great ideas.
2: So uh, first off, you know, if you go to the Intrust blog, we put some ideas together there that kind of run the gamut. They tend to be more business oriented things. And and I would also like to remind people because Internet of Things gifts are going to be big, I'm sure, on people's list, ring doorbells, Nest thermostats, all that sort of thing. You know, anytime you plug some sort of device like that into your system, especially in your network at home where you might be working remotely, uh, consider the privacy and security implications of that. Uh, we've talked about that a million times. Just wanna get set the, sets the stage for that because a lot of the things I'm gonna suggest here are things that have a limited privacy and security footprint, like a USB port blocker. You can get these to basically make it more difficult for a hacker or, or some, frankly, anyone to plug something into the ports on your computer and potentially steal data. If you're working from home, yeah maybe not as much of a thing, but you know if you're out traveling around uh, working remotely in restaurants, that sort of thing, something to consider, a good little security feature and another handy thing, especially with people spending so much time on their devices now. Portable power banks were, in the old days what we would just call an external battery. Um, you know, you can get these things virtually anywhere: Amazon, Best Buy, uh, you know, any kind of electronics store or more uh, electronics-oriented sites like ThinkGeek, which I'll come back to in a minute. But, again, so many people spending so much time online, whether it's their phone, their computer, and, frankly, the risk of if you just plug your device into any old outlet you find, any old USB port you find, you could potentially get what's known as juice jacked, get hacked that way. This is a good, secure way for you to have a battery backup you can take with you, and when you need extra power, plug your device into it, safe, secure, cheap, uh, you know, good good backup device for you to keep working wherever you are so there's there's a couple simple ideas that would apply to just about anyone. camera cover is a good choice too if you're looking for something cheap um, Yeah, well you know, you know, Dave,
0: i love the fact that you're talking about things that we can protect ourselves because i know we have seen kind of a an explosion of issues with people working from home uh and scammers getting to them but let's talk about some fun stuff too um sound
2: systems sound systems you know there's so many good options out there now I can remember back in the day, you know, I would, we have a pool and I'd want to have music out back and I had all this digital music, but no really good way to get it out there. And I had this crazy thing RCA made where you literally would have to plug it into your stereo and then it broadcast a radio frequency out to these speakers. We've come a long way since then, whether it's, whether it's a whole home sound system like a Sonos, where you literally can kind of set it up and have your music follow you around and have it everywhere. They're not cheap, but they sound really good and are pretty easy to use all the way down to just portable Bluetooth speakers. I mean, there is an unbelievable array of portable Bluetooth speakers out there. You charge it with a battery, it's Bluetooth, so it goes wherever you are. It can connect to your computer, your tablet, your phone, um, you know, wherever the whatever the music source is, whether you have that music stored on a device or you're streaming it from Spotify or something. These things sound great. You know, they run the gamut from fairly small and discreet to really large you know, old school boombox type things. JBL Mm -hmm. makes some really cool ones for nerds like me that light up, you know, and kind of change to the music. I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. I I hate to admit (laughs) it, but I love that sort of thing. And so
0: are my teenagers, right? That's probably a great gift for teenagers as well. All right, you knew this one was going to catch my eye. We have to talk about this. It's on the list that you wrote, a smart toilet, (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, you got to have a little levity, right? Who doesn't need a smart <laughs> toilet, Amy? You know, it. Uh, it. Speaking now, these of the are, need
0: for privacy. Yeah, yeah
2: <laughs> these things are extremely expensive, and you know, frankly, um, I would question the overall usefulness of this. But it does sort of set the stage to show you just how far we've gone with the oh. idea of smart or Internet of Things devices. You know, they they analyze your output. Let's call it to stick with the tech theme. And then you know, can tell you what's wrong with you and all this sort of thing. who has access to that data, where does it go yeah it's it but it, it illustrates just how crazy it's gotten. mesh network is another good choice. A lot of people again, we're spending so much time on all these devices uh, you know I'm talking to you from home right now. Um, a lot of people have dead spots. they have a Wi-Fi network that doesn't get to every every place they'd like for it to go. There's a bunch of different ways you can solve that, but a mesh network is probably one of the best, cheapest ways to do it. You get a mesh network from someone like D-Link or, or Linksys. We like Eero. Um, you plug these things in, it basically spreads the spectrum of the, uh, the Wi-Fi out across your entire place. And, you know, it's, it's amazingly simple and easy for people to configure and relatively cheap. And, uh, frankly, I think you'll find 99.9% of the time once you set this up, it's kind of a plug-and-play, fire-and-forget type deal. It just works, and you'll have Wi-Fi wherever you are. So that's that's a good choice, you know, especially you might have students at home, uh, people working from home. It can really help there. Kind of back to the the fun bucket. ThinkGeek is a great website. Now, it was bought by GameStop, and they've kind of changed it around a little bit. But this runs the gamut from tech gifts to just nerdy stuff, like for the Dungeons & Dragons fan on your list. Mm. And, and you can spend an enormous amount of time, if you're a geek in there, probably just about any sort of comic book, animation, nerd-type thing you can imagine. They probably have some licensed items for it, and whether it's like a Millennium Falcon cell phone charger. so thing Which everyone like needs. One, uh, who doesn't need that, really? <laughs> who, doesn't you know? need who, that exactly. who doesn't need that, Who doesn't need that? And it's, it's only a lowly $42. Oh my goodness. What a steal. I
0: I love these ideas. (laughs) So our tech expert, Dave Hatter joining us tonight with some great kind of last minute gift ideas for the techie on your list. One of these, Dave, though, I think is super practical. And it's something that I think every time you and I talk, this comes up. So it's worth mentioning now, uh, a password manager subscription, not necessarily a sexy gift, um, but a super practical one, because let's face it, we have a gajillion different logins that we have for all the sites that we need to visit. And keeping track of all of that and using unique passwords password all of them is virtually impossible.
2: I, I totally agree with you, Amy. You know, I'm a big fan of password managers. There's a lot of good ones out there. I personally use LastPass and at Intrust we recommend LastPass. Um, but there there are other good ones. You can vet them very quickly and easily by going to sites like CNET or ZDNet or Tom's Guide or PC Magazine and see what their editors pick because they'll rate them every year. But, yeah, it is a great gift idea because, to your point, we're spending more time online, more sites we have to access, more passwords we have to remember. The tinfoil hat nerds like me are always saying, well, you got to have a strong, unique password for every site. should be at least 12 characters. You know, all that mumbo-jumbo, which just makes people's lives more difficult. With a good password manager, like LastPass, for example, you can install it on your phone, you can install it on your tablet, you can install it on your PC, really any kind of device. So your passwords will follow you around and then all you really have to care about is one strong unique password for your password manager account. Now that's critical. If you use a password manager, critical that you have a strong, strong password that locks all your other passwords and that you turn on multi-factor authentication. But once you do that, I, and you get over that initial friction it is amazing it'll it'll make your life so much better and you'll be so much more secure if you use a password manager And And I love this too, Dave,
0: too, because when you talk about the supply chain issues, right, that are going on right now, there's some gifts that just aren't going to come in. A subscription for something like this is incredibly practical, right? It's going to help keep someone safe. At the same time, it can all be done online uh, and you don't have to wait for something to come in. So Tonight, some great gift ideas. If you have waited to the last minute, you've got a techie on your list. Um, Some great things that you can get for them to make them very happy, whether they're under the Christmas tree or on their computers or devices this holiday season, all from our tech expert, Dave Hatter. You've been listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC. We are the talk station. you're listening to Simply Money, I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Sprovac. If you've ever opened up a medical bill and it nearly sent you to the hospital, stay tuned. We've got some tips you don't want to miss on negotiating that next medical bill. So it's the holidays and your brother-in-law is struggling. You know, he just needs a little bit of help. Maybe your aunt lost her job. Your adult kids need some money because all their friends are going on a trip next year and they just can't miss it. Steve, at some point or another... Most of us have been asked to lend money, to foot the bill, Mm -hmm. to co-sign on a loan, you name which version of that is. And I think because we're in the holiday season right now, this is kind of a a good time to talk about and think through this before you might end up in this situation.
1: Yeah, I wonder how many families are going to be talking about that over over the holidays here. Because (laughs) I I mean, most people, the the bank rate survey says almost seven in ten. Adults have lent money to friends or family, so this is yeah. this is common. And, and you know, I can tell you from experience, it doesn't always end well. The best of intentions fall by the wayside for whatever reasons, more often than not. So you know, it, it, it's I'm not going to say don't lend money to anybody you know. And it's really tough as a parent when you see a kid struggling. You know, even if they're in uh, you know a grown up and an adult, um, you want to help them. But I've also seen the side of it where. I've got retired people that are getting into financial problems because the kids keep hitting them up and they never seem to get paid back. It it can be a, it can be a problem.
0: Well, the financial component of this aside, this bank rate research shows what I think many of us kind of already know in the back of our heads. It is a coin toss. Yeah. Half of the time when you loan money, it ends badly. It ends in a in a. Strain to the relationship and maybe never talking again. And and this research shows that here's the different ways that you've helped. You've lent money with the idea it would be paid back. Half of you have done that. Or you paid the group bill and you thought you were going to be reimbursed. You co-signed on a loan or you even lent someone your credit card. All of those things happen on a pretty regular basis.
1: Yeah, here, here's here's the number that surprised me. 38% lost money. Only 23% <laughs> said it harmed the relationship. To me, those two would go and be identical. Hand in hand. Oh yeah, yeah. If some if I lent money and they said I promise I'll pay it back and they they didn't, I'd have a little problem with that. It, you know, it's just just the way it is. At some point, you've got to get it together. But um, and and, and the surprising number is seven percent ended up in a physical fight. So you know, don't go to the extreme. <laughs> you know, but I, here's here's the problem. I, and I've done financial plans where okay, hey Steve, my you know son, my my daughter uh, ran into a problem. They're going to pay me back, so put in. They owe me thirty thousand dollars, and I in five years. Okay, that'll come into the uh, come back to me. So, and go ahead and include and that it ever in the come financial back? plan. Um, it's about a coin toss. I, I've seen it yeah. happen once, um, and I've also seen it. Now, nah, Steve, you can forget about that one. It's uh, yeah, we're not going to be seeing that money. I kind of figured that was the case. Well, all right, you know. Hopefully, your plan can support giving away 20 or 30,000 bucks not everybody can but you know if you lend out you know that type of money it may not come back
0: so here's a here's a conversation i think if you are married you should have with your spouse especially if you seem to be the ones in the family that people turn to are we comfortable loaning money right uh, because it's it's a really easy way to fall back and say, you know what, um, Steve and I have talked about this and yeah. we're just not comfortable loaning money. We think it ends badly. I'd love to help, but we've kind of agreed on this as a couple, right? The onus is off of you. Or if you do, what's the threshold that you're comfortable, yeah. right? Is it $1,000, $500, $5,000? $5, because when you loan money, you have to just look at it as the fact that this is money that you likely may not ever get back. And that's, that's, I think, what changes the relationship, right? If you're not expecting to get it back, well, it doesn't come back. Maybe that's annoying. But if you need this money to make ends meet, to put back into your 401k, whatever, then it becomes a very... Ugly strain.
1: Yeah, and and I think if you if you give that money with the intent of never seeing it back, and make it clear to that person, hey, you know, I I hope you can pay me, but I I consider this money gone. It it, it, it resolves that situation right there. If you're right. comfortable doing that, I'll tell you where where you can really get in trouble though. Amy is co-signing. Once you co-sign for a loan, that's your loan. You know, you might think that, well, yeah, if they don't pay it, I guess I'm probably responsible. No, you're responsible for it for day one. And and the problem comes where the person who took out the loan where you co-signed, usually a child, um, they stop making payments or they don't make enough payments and you're not aware of it. You don't get notified if you're a co-signer. So if they stop making payments and now you have to kick in, even if you start making payments, you're late. You're late on those previous payments, and that can really ding your credit score. So, co-signing—that's a really, really big decision and a tough one uh, to say no to. But you probably should.
0: You know, loaning money is not something to enter into lightly. There are conversations that need to be have, some things that we need that need to be thought through. Loan alternatives, right? If you had the conversation with the person? Is there any other place where you can get this money? Is there anything else I can do to help you? They've lost their job and they're behind on bills. Maybe it's you help them network. Maybe you help them with their resume. That's a a great thing that you can contribute that doesn't cost anything. Um, And make sure you're lending only money that you can afford to lose. And then what are the loan terms? I expect that you're going to pay me back in full in six months, and this is the payment plan monthly that I'm going to expect, right? That, that has to be part of it. We would say avoid co-signing at all costs and keep the lines of communication open, right? Don't go a year without talking to that person and just think you're going to get a check in the mail. That's likely not going to happen. Here's a Simply Money point. The next time someone asks you for a loan, think twice. Understand it could end badly and ultimately risk or end that relationship altogether have you ever had just a heart attack when you opened a medical bill, stay with us. You can actually negotiate that bill. We'll tell you how. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I mean, you Wagner along with Steve Spromach. You know, you negotiate so many things when you buy a new car, if you're buying a big ticket item. But, Steve, I don't think a lot of people realize you can negotiate a medical bill. Yeah. A year ago, uh, you had a cause for a major medical bill. Uh,
1: open heart surgery will will rack yes. up the dollars. Yeah. And and that was almost exactly a year ago. And, and, you know, it was interesting. OK, you get to be released on Friday. Good. I'm t- I got to get out of this place, even though I, you know, I just want to recover at home. Uh, oh, yeah. But we have to have our financial department talk to you before we release you. Oh, boy, you know, do you have another heart attack over that one? And, you know, here sure. I am. I'm in a hospital, had open heart surgery um, uh, in there for a week. How big is this bill going to be? And, you know, it, it was fairly large, but that's when I learned, hey, our health insurance is really awesome. So, you yeah. know, the, the good part was, and, and I knew you can negotiate. I mean, you know, we do this show, we learn the ins and outs. And, and that's one thing a lot of people don't realize is, oh, you actually want to pay your bill. Oh, OK, well, we'll knock 20 percent off. I mean, that's yeah. pretty standard if you're willing to pay it. Okay. And and so, you know, they told me your are out of pocket with su- such and such. Well, that's a lot less than the bill was. So that's good to hear. I didn't realize I had a maximum out of pocket. Oh, and if I pay now, it's 20% cheaper. Great. Can I use my credit card that I know I'm going to pay off in a month with rewards um, yep. uh, attached to it to pay it off? Done. I I mean, that part was good. But here's the thing. I I mean, these are so complicated, these these bills that you get, Amy, that I got a $600 bill a, a month later. And this is after they told me I covered everything. Oh, no, we calculated you're out of pocket based on the assumption that you paid that. Well, I didn't even get this bill at that time. So how can you do that? I'm a numbers guy. I'm pretty smart. There was no way I could figure out. If that was part of the calculation when they gave me the final payoff, which wasn't so final or not. I I mean, it's ridiculously complicated.
0: You almost need a Ph.D., right? And in reading medical bills. But figure out some basics because you have to understand that medical bill. I mean, they say 80% of medical bills have some kind of error in them. If you're not looking at them, you're never going to find the error. And if you think there's an issue, right? And so for so many people, it's an out-of-network doctor or something that you had no idea. Um, You can contest that medical bill, but you have to figure out what you've been charged for. So the contesting is part of it, right? Gathering evidence. And then to your point, Steve, contact the billing department yeah it seems overwhelming it seems scary i've had the best luck with saint elizabeth uh with tri health with just the nicest people who work in yeah. these billing departments and they will say well if you want to pay all of that up front if you want to pay that with cash if you want to do whatever, up we'll knock 20 percent off so there are ways that not only you can negotiate but you can get discounts the key is understanding what you're paying for calling, making the contact, uh, you can save. You've been listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC, the talk station.